1: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast Season 14, Episode 90 He's Day. Brian, I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday. Steelers Nation and day the Pittsburgh Steelers know how to keep us busy. Just a little bit later on a pretty quiet Monday, did the podcast. Wondered what are you going to write about, find about, and they gave us plenty. Three releases, quarterback Mitch Trubisky, offensive tackle Chuck Wumacore for, and punter. Presley, Harvin, all released by the Pittsburgh Steelers on top of other moves, cap implications for that. We have a lot to discuss.
0: Yeah, uh, that had to be, in my recollection, one of the busiest Steelers news-related, I guess, days overall uh, for a Monday after, after the Super Bowl, kind of really uncharacteristic uh, with them. Uh, essentially getting cap casualties out the door, you know, the day after the Super Bowl, generally this team waits, you know, I don't know what, 10 days, 14 days out, uh, sometimes even shorter than that to the start of the new uh, league year before you see these kind of uh, kind of moves. So a little uh, little break from norm uh, when it comes to that, and as you stated, uh, we got a lot of lot to talk about in, 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 in related to all that news.
1: Yeah. So again, a core four and Trubisky release, they were due mid March roster bonuses. We did not anticipate, uh, anticipate, I should say, either being picked up by the team. But to see the release this early, is this just a let's get it done because we know it's the decision? Is this a let's allow them to get a jump on free agency? Why do you think this is happening so quickly and so soon?
0: Yeah, I thought about that and kind of the reasoning uh, why behind all of it. Why now as a I mean, look, you know, th- th- these are two of these people, you know, Trubisky and and a core for, you know, we had a good idea. Those guys were not going to see their roster bonuses uh, there. Uh, why this early? I think you hit on a lot of it. I think a uh, common courtesy of of you know, the right, the writing was well on the wall with both of, both of those two. Uh, and, and, you know, why, you know, why not give them the courtesy to, to, to hit the market way earlier, uh, way early in this thing. Second and maybe specifically more uh, to a guy like a core um, uh, you know, do you want them out there working out? and? You know, run, you know, maybe running the potential. I mean, it, uh, I don't know the exact rules behind that. Uh, you know, do, do you want him to risk any sort of sort of injury uh, working out on his own that might you know precipitate you having to hold on to him? Generally, that's not the case because, I mean, look, you you every offseason, you have a list of guys that you you're pretty sure that that are going to be out the door. But even so. Uh, those guys retained. I mean, when was William Jackson III let go last offseason? You know, because it kind of a similar situation outside of, you know, I, I can't remember if he had a roster bonus or not due. But obviously a a, a very uh, large uh, salary that was due, but they, they waited on him. So it probably might be less related to that. Uh, yeah, you know, this might just be come down, come down to just a course of action. Look, these guys weren't going to be with us. We already had the meetings. We made the decisions. They're not going to be with us. You know, uh, let's give them the con- common courtesy of, 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 sending them, you know, out the door, uh, right now because they just are not going to be part of our future.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we knew a core for no chance he was going to come back. I mean, with Trubisky, again, we, I mentioned this Monday, the only, thought to him potentially being around past that deadline was, you know, if there was still enough uncertainty at the quarterback position with Rudolph still in flux and not clear what other veteran could potentially get signed to be brought in, would you have Trubisky as a insurance policy, but it really wasn't worth it. And given the fact that you probably have an idea what your quarterback room will look like, at least in terms of competition for Kenny Pickett by that Trubisky deadline, there was really no need to, to entertain the idea of picking that up and and carrying him for any length of time. So, I mean, Trubisky just imploded obviously in 2023 failed in his two starts and, you know, just the mechanics were poor, the turnovers too numerous. And once he got benched, that writing was on the wall.
0: Right. And looking back, uh, March 10th last year was when William Jackson, the third was let go. So, Uh, And that obviously was what, less uh, uh, about a week before uh, the start of free agency and uh, the start of the new league year. So, you know, this just might be just a change of the way they do business. You know, why, why put off the inevitable uh, as far as that goes now, you know, you make a good point with, with the whole Mitch Trubisky thing. And we kind of hit on this the other day. I mean, it's rare to see this team get down to one, one quarterback under contract uh, uh, in the room, you know. And look, for all we know, maybe they've already done a lot of a lot of the hard negotiations with a guy like Mason Rudolph. For all we know, I mean, we, you know, the the way this thing is going, twenty four hours from now, you might have something else to talk about on the Friday show. Yeah, I think it would obviously be rare they would have to blow probably uh blow uh rudolph's doors off you know to to get him to sign this earlier early in the offseason. but stranger you know stranger things i guess have happened uh there so uh look uh, the long and short of it is it's not a shock that that those two specifically are out the door the the, the shock is the timing of it all
1: mm-hmm. right and that was surprising for it to be the day after the Super Bowl the first team to really make those moves around the league when you look back on a core for that extension they gave him in 2022 now that was pre-con that was when kevin colbert was still the gm it didn't make much sense at the time and looking back it obviously did not work out the way the team envisioned
0: yeah it was questionable uh most certainly at the time that that deal got done now i'd, I'd have to look back in where the team spit, uh, sat as far as cash versus cap and you know, the 90% rule. And if that will, you know, if he was just the most logical at the, at the time to give the money to uh, because of longer term plans, but you know, you get yourself in trouble on top of it though, by just giving bad contracts away in mm-hmm. general, you know, cause uh, you know, there's always the next free agency cycle where, okay, well, we didn't spend the money that we thought we were going to have to spend uh, uh this off season. Uh, there's still the third year of, uh, of uh, because I, I believe this past this past season was the the third and final year of that uh, first three year uh cycle of of ninety percent cash of 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 or or ninety percent of the total cap for the three year period and all. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, and look, there was a lot of uh, a lot of question about this time last year whether or not a core four uh would see that roster bonus that he had due, i believe in march but you know the the team does not did not ha- does not have a history of you know barring really injury or or su- super bad play of sending guys out the door and obviously the the tackle room uh hasn't been all that deep all 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 throughout this period on top of it uh now here's the thing you know uh had a core not said whatever it is that he had said midway through the season that got himself benched. I mean, obviously, at some point, Broderick Jones was going to see the field, Mm -hmm. but and a core for for them to be spending that kind of money that they were spending on him last year. His play would have had to have been mighty poor for him to be the guy out instead of Broderick Jones. Would you know, Would we have had O'Connor Ford not got himself in, in, in the doghouse with whatever he had said? Would we have then in turn seen uh, him continue at right tackle and Broderick Jones take over at left tackle? And then that that that's the way things had gone. And then would would we even would this team had had even gotten to the point where they are now of thinking, well, we got to send send the core for uh, packing. Odds are probably good either way that that would have been the uh, uh, the case. Unless, But I mean, a core for still would have had another half of the season to 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 change the narrative on himself. You see what I'm saying?
1: Sure, I do. I mean, you never know for sure how this thing would have played out. I mean, you did get a starting tackle who was not terrible, but even at the time, like I, I don't view this contract as a bad contract solely in hindsight, which of course is easy to do. But even at the time, I think you and I were kind of like, you know, what is the real motivation to get this kind of deal at that kind of salary for Chukwuemakor? For I didn't see it. My thought, and I'm kind of trying to think back to the time, but that was really when their O-line was in flux, completely right. you know, re- retooled the old guard of the Castro and Pouncy, all of them gone. And they were having to plug at, at left tackle with rookies and more and green at center. And they, I, I don't think they wanted to create an additional need at right tackle because a core four was there and had some tenure and was competent. At least they decided let's just have, let's lock that down so we can focus on, the rest of the line, as opposed to now having to find a starting right tackle, which is not an easy thing to do is expensive in free agency and the draft doesn't always provide that. So I think they just kind of put themselves into a corner with all the O line changes they were making and said, this guy's here. He's decent. Let's just take care of him and focus on the rest of the line.
0: Right. And and and, you know, what you just said, I mean, it, it was right ahead, I think, a free agency. He was set to become an unrestricted free agent at the time. Right. So. Uh, at that time, you had to look ahead at, at the holes that you had on the roster, what 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 may or may not have been available in free agency, how much you would have had to spend uh, to go that route, what you were staring at in the draft at that time. So it might have been just one of those unique situations where they were in a hole uh, and this is the kind of money that they had to spend to make sure they closed up that hole.
1: Right. I don't say that to excuse it. I just say to explain it. I think it was a a poor decision and it didn't work out the way that the team had hoped. Um, It's not incredibly costly to the team. How much dead money is created with this, this release? Uh,
0: Where do I have it on one of these uh, thousand spreadsheets that I have open here right now? It is uh, three, a little over 3 million in dead money on him,
1: which is not, horrendous obviously with the cap increasing pittsburgh does do a good job of always giving themselves those get out of jail mostly free cards when they structure these contracts and that's because they don't you know guarantee money in the second and third years like a lot of teams do and probably some other reasons that you can explain so it's not crushing the team but the decision itself to extend him long term at the time was i think dubious
0: Let's see. He, uh, in 2000, uh, the first year that he signed that deal in 2022, he earned a total of 10.5 million. Uh, let's see. His roster bonus last season was what, uh, $4 Four million, I think, and he had a base salary of uh six million. So you spent ten million on him last year. So over the course of the last two seasons, now obviously you don't plan on paying the guy uh 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 what ten million dollars in him <laughs> him being benched halfway uh through the season there. So you know effectively they spent uh twenty and a half million dollars on him in cash. Uh, Over the course of the last uh, two seasons here, and obviously only got, you know, a year and however many games uh, out of him uh, overall. Now, uh, you know, what does what does $10 million buy you as far as a starting tackle go?
1: Yeah, it's you know tackles are expensive um but could you have uh, drafted somebody and spent that on a different position? I mean you can, you know go back and configure this thing a couple different ways. Um, well they
0: would, they were still going to have to draft a tackle and did draft a tackle this mm-hmm. past year. So I guess the uh the, the the question is about the uh you know had they not signed him in uh, uh, had a head of free agency in 2022, they were going to have to fill that hole some way, either via free agency, a contract potentially similar to what they gave him or uh draft and insert the player in that way.
1: Sure. And I th- again, I think that kind of being boxed into a corner with other needs, you know, put them in a position because that was the, they knew they were taking a quarterback in the first round. At least I'm pretty confident. They knew that was the direction they were, going to strive towards that 2022 draft and tackle was going to be off the board in that, in that top round, obviously. So I think they backed themselves into a corner to give a bad contract.
0: I think that's how you have to look at it after the fact. And and once again, it got, a, it, it became even a worse contract when he's, when he got himself benched halfway through the season.
1: Right. So he'll be, you know, he'll get signed somewhere. Now let me ask you this is I'm probably going to write about this for the next day or two. There were some, I think that's a, Semi vocal minority of people saying, why didn't they try to trade a quarter for they should have traded him and gotten something for him? What do you think about that? That thought?
0: Well, you're talking about a guy entering the final year of his contract, first and foremost. Uh, So there's that hanging over over the head of whatever team would like to deal for him. Uh, Second of all, there's there's a trigger date involved or was a trigger date involved of uh, that $4 million roster bonus. So if you were going to deal him, you're going to have to deal him long before the draft, uh, uh, before you paid him that $4 million roster bonus. Uh, that way the other team, the acquiring team, has to eat it at that point. And then uh, that early in the process, and then how many teams are going to value him at $8.75 million which is what they would have pay him. And if they deemed that too high, that was definitely going to be taken off the back end of whatever, whatever team wanted to give you in return for him. So, you know, had you, had you pushed this out to as close to uh, the, 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 the March roster bonus date as you could, what was, what, what was probably the best case scenario that you get for him? Maybe a fifth. Uh, if you could find somebody that's in love with him, but once again, you didn't have a half a year's tape, (laughs) (laughs) uh, to, to show him and yeah, yeah, and, in his previous tape before that wasn't great. So if anything, he decreed, he probably decreased his own value in his, his own trade value in the, in, 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 in the first part of 2023. So yeah, I suppose you could have tried to push this thing out. I would think that they probably made a couple of calls sure. here in, in in the last couple of weeks to say, hey, what what do you want to give us for them? You know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, even at even if you if all you get, if you if you had a drop down date on your own calendar of the day after the Super Bowl, and all you ha- had offered at that point was a seventh round draft pick. Then you take the seventh round draft pick, right?
1: Sure. It is better than the no compensation they received by releasing them.
0: Right. So I would have to think that if, it, and you would have to once again, think that some calls are made it, you know, mm-hmm. if, if whatever calls you did, assuming they did make, if teams are gone now, nah, we're good, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, uh, and if indeed, you know, you had you had circled on your calendar that, all right, if we don't get him gone by the day after Super Bowl, we're cutting him out right, then, then that probably tells you all, all you need to know. E- either at that point you move back, your your out the door date, uh, and then still try to – see because look, once again, OTAs aren't going to happen. It's not like injuries are going to happen. So what's really going to change other than uh, part of the pre-draft process? Yeah,
1: Sure. And for those wondering, Pittsburgh will not get a compensatory pick because they released Chuck McCaw for it. he did not leave right. as a free agent. So anyone wondering about that calculation, not a factor. I, I I really didn't see him as having any value. Listen, when when teams know you're about to cut a guy, which they knew Pittsburgh was with that roster bonus due, they'll just wait you out. I mean, there's no need to give a pick for a guy that's about to be cut. And, and there's no waiver system right now. Correct. He doesn't have to pass through waivers. Correct.
0: Uh, I'm going to have to or, see or what, what did I say? This got uh, framed as uh termination or a waving. No, I'll have
1: to I think it was log. termination. I believe the team site used the word terminate.
0: Yeah. Let me double check on that. Cause that, that makes a, a world of day. I would think mm-hmm. with the season over, it would, it would now be a uh, ter- uh, termination. Uh, right. There's indeed.
1: no waiver claim, at least for a vested guy like him. I'm pretty sure there would not be. Uh, I'm logging
0: in right now, and I will tell you that it says, oh, well, no, it didn't process yesterday. Right. So we'll have to save it process today. Uh,
1: okay. I believe the team site for what it's with, I know that's not the official log, but I believe they said. Terminate. Let me check here. Okay,
0: here, here's something that's that's interesting within this uh, mm-hmm. today's NFL transactions. And by the way, we're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, it has the uh, Presley Harving Harvin being waived. Okay, so he is okay. subject to waivers. And it has termination of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Chikoma Korfor is not on the Tuesday sheet. And well, that's a little interesting. That is a little interesting. Uh, so he's not officially <laughs> he's not officially gone as as of us recording this <laughs> uh, right now. Now could now we have seen in the past we're, yes. we're terminating him and teams come calling last minute and the news changes. The Steelers have traded, you know, so-and-so has been traded. So that's interesting. I'm glad I logged in. So uh, technically he is still under contract with this team as of the Tuesday transaction sheet.
1: Unless it's a procedural thing, I mean, the team has officially announced it. Typically, when those things happen, the team does not officially announce it. It may get reported, you know, by Schefter. This team is releasing somebody, then later that day, the the trade may occur. So, not holding my breath, he will get dealt. But it is worth noting to see his name not part of that group of three.
0: Uh, I would agree. And if it does show up on there at this point now, you would think it would be classified like the Trubisky Mm move, which would be a termination of the vested veteran.
1: Right, which means he won't pass through waivers. And I say that to say that, you know, one incentive for a team to trade for somebody who's about to be cut is to avoid the waiver process. But that's a non-factor here. And so they can just go freely talk to him, not have to worry about somebody claiming that uh, right away or dealing with the contract, um, which they would have to if they traded for him. So, point is, I, for a guy with that kind of money, with I think middling tape ahead of for-agency, when teams are trying to get their cap ready for the actual for-agent class. I didn't really see he have, him having any value from any team. I know tackles are, are a commodity, and there's a scarcity acquiring those guys, but for a one-year rental at a decent salary, for a guy that was going to be cut, Pittsburgh had no leverage here. Ergo, they really have no opportunity to trade him.
0: Right. So, uh, once again, if, if you're dead set on getting that paperwork done right now and, and a team comes in at the last moment and says, we'll give you a seventh-round draft pick for him, you take it.
1: Right, and we'll see if that happens. Not expecting it, but I didn't expect him to be waived or at least announced as as released. I should say on on Monday, and here we are. So we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled.
0: Right now, Presley Harvin is a different conversation all to itself. Not that uh, I think anybody listening to this expected Presley Harvin the third to be the team's starting punter in 2024. However, comma his base salary i mean his his salary for 2024 was very very minimum just over a million dollars so what is the rush to get him out the door uh uh overall especially when there's not a, after top 51 uh re, you know replacement uh happens and and all you're not you're not doing it for the cap space you know mm-hmm. uh overall is this just sending a message that yeah, we're, we're 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 done with him. So uh, are we shocked overall that Presley Harvin's not on this team or, or, or won't be the team's punter in 2024? I should say no, but it the timing of this is is curious.
1: Yeah, to me, this just says. You're not in our plans. We wish you well. We're just going to move on now as opposed to stringing this thing along. And I think that's the calculation there. Obviously, the frustration, you could feel that. How many times did Tomlin mention or criticize or kind of make a remark about Harvin's punting during the season quite often? And so we knew I thought he'd be kept through the summer. at least. Maybe, Maybe go to camp, maybe go with somebody else to compete. But obviously, this team not even entertaining that idea, which is fine by me.
0: Right. It's fine by me as well, too. I think once again, uh, the timing on all three of these things Mm -hmm. is the big story.
1: Yeah. um, Because at first we hear Trubisky and went, okay, I mean, that makes some sense. And then the team just announced, you know, before any reporting got to it, a core four and Harvard are gone, too. And you're like, okay, holy cow. They really, you know, They're they're cleaning house, early spring cleaning from Omar Khan.
0: Yeah, not messing around early in the offseason. I think another part of the story now to to uh, that that's worth noting is okay, they got to jump on 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 these guys. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of talk of uh, a few other guys that have roster bonuses attached to them in March Mason Cole Pat, uh, Patrick Peterson uh Larry Ogan Joby are the I think are the are the notable notable three uh there uh what what you know are there any hard conclusions uh, to draw from this or is this that those those meetings are for, those meetings can still take place between. Uh, look, nothing says that yesterday had to be the day that those guys went out the door. But if you're going to make uh, cap-saving moves with roster bonus, do guys like Trubisky and and uh, uh, Tra- 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 core for now? You know why would if those other guys weren't in the plans, you would have thought maybe they would have went out the door at the same time. Not saying that that still can't happen. Now, look, I wrote a couple of weeks ago that. You know, I understand the uh consternation with Mason Cole and look, there's a good chance that he's not the starting center uh in, 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 in two thousand twenty-four, but don't be surprised if he if 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 he survives that, that roster bonus date.
1: Yeah, uh I think I- I'm with you. It's not conclusive, but I do think who they didn't release is as notable and noteworthy as who they did release because they're all veterans, Cole, Logan, Joby, and Peterson. And if this is at least partially a courtesy of let let those guys get a jump on things, you would have done the same to any of those three names. And I think you can make strong cases of why all three will be kept at least through the summer and through training camp. I mean, Cole, obviously, you know, you prefer to find that long-term center option, but, you know, when we went through the exercise before, who are they going to you know, pick up and who are they going to keep? When we talked about those names, I struggled to find the one name I could identify that said, OK, this guy's going to have that roster bonus declined and, and get released. We I mean, knew Trubisky was one. I'm pretty sure at least and a for was a no brainer. But beyond that, I mean, I was kind of leaning towards those guys having their bonuses accepted and being part of this team through the spring and, and likely through the, through the summer. So um, my expectation right now, put it this way, my expectation is for those guys to have their roster bonuses picked up in mid-March.
0: I would, I, I would concur uh, with that because uh, look, I mean, the, the, your defensive line has already got holes in it as it is, even, even with it looking like Cam Hayward, you know, going to be back and all like that uh, had Demarvin Marvin Leal, uh, had had, had, a, had a good second season. That would have changed the narrative a little bit, maybe when it comes to uh, Ogan Joby But, uh, and then center, I mean, who do you really have uh, at center behind Mason Cole, at least until the draft gets here? And there are no guarantees in the draft. We know this team, if they can help it, uh, uh, does not like to be pigeonholed into, you have to take this position uh, early in the draft because of the holes in the roster. So uh, based on the evidence that we have right now, especially with the timing of the Trubisky, Chukwomo core for uh, contract terminations, uh, it, it, you can't help but think now that Patrick Peterson, and look, I mean, you got, you know, depth depth issues at the cornerback position mm-hmm. uh, uh, because of uh, 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 unrestricted free agents and all like that uh, as well. So, I don't I don't see how you can't come a, come out of Monday thinking that there is a increase an even more increased chance of Mason Cole Larry Ogan Joby and Patrick Peterson being on this team long past their roster bonuses being paid
1: sure I mean I think part of that is because of the lack of, of options that you referenced Now, granted, the quarterback room has been hauled out and there is no punter, but they're gonna get a quarterback. They're gonna find somebody in punter. There's not a, you can get a punter. It's not gonna right. be the most difficult thing in the world. So I think with D-line, the depth was poor at center. There is no true backup center right now. It's Nate Herbig, probably as your backup, maybe a Spencer Anderson, but they're gonna likely add. And then corner, as you said, Wallace, Pierre, free agents. Peterson has versatility, they want to hold on to him. So right or wrong, again, I think the reasons of of holding on to most of those those names are because they don't really have a lot of alternatives right now. But I think all three uh, will have their bonus picked up and likely be in camp with the team.
0: And and of those three, Larry Ogunjobi was probably the safest because a they just gave him that deal. Uh, uh, now they obviously can get out of it, but there's there's that uh, uh, you know even more dead money. I mean, the way this roster is right now, and people are not going to like to hear it, you're better off with them than you are without them. And because of uh, the Mason Cole roster bonus being even less. It's it's really the kind of si- same situation, you know. Uh, push comes to shove. If you get in a situation where you'd like your uh, the center that you get in a draft, and you think a guy like Herbig or whoever can can back him up, well, you you can still cut Mason Cole before the start of the season, and all you have really invested in him is is is, is the million and a half roster bonus.
1: Or he can be a really experienced backup who can play some guard, too. I mean, that's I, I think their hope and their plan is go draft a center top two rounds, let him compete with Cole, and Cole can even mentor a little bit as well. And then if the rookie beats some, beats him Cole out, then either you can try to trade Cole or he becomes kind of a, a top backup for your team.
0: Yeah, and look, when I wrote that article a couple of weeks ago, I knew it was going to be well received, but uh, it looks like we're headed down that path.
1: It does. And with Hogan Joby, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said, but that contract's looking pretty rough. What is it? Four and a half sacks in two years with him? Not that sacks are the end-all, be-all, but even just watching the tape, other metrics of production. Right. He's just, and when he's on, he's really good. I thought he had a good start to 2023. I thought he ended 2023 well. I thought the middle eight weeks, he was basically invisible. Uh, basically, whenever Cam Hayward went down and some more tension got turned towards Hogan Joby. So his play is just really hot and cold.
0: Here, you know, here's the thing, and we kind of questioned that deal when it happened, uh and all, but uh uh assuming assuming he does stick, I mean we could one one full calendar year from now, we could be talking about Ogan Joby out the door like a was this year.
1: Wouldn't be a bad bet if you're trying to get an early jump on those odds. So and then <laughs> Peterson, um, yeah, I think again the the mentorship he can't play outside, but if you can find the role as him as a slot corner and safety, kind of what he was doing, you know, the last half of 2023, then I'm good with that for, for one more season.
0: Right, right. Uh, and, and we had that discussion of, you know, what what does it cost you uh, overall in cash? Uh, to to keep him, especially in the shape of the room and the leadership he provides. Uh, I mean, you're looking at spending six point eight five million dollars on him in, in 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 2024. Yes, I know his cap number is higher than that, but you have to look at this as is what the player is worth in cash. You know, and the state of that room right now. you know, you. I guess you could spend. You know, worst. Yeah. You know, I suppose it could be worse situation than to have to spend six point eight five million dollars on on a guy that now obviously you don't want to get him in a situation where you're having to play him 800, 900 snaps, but mm-hmm. you know if you if you had to do it you had to do it. Yeah, you know?
1: here's a really interesting question I have from yesterday's moves. We know the guys who are out. We know the guys who had roster bonuses that are still on the team as of now. What does this mean, if anything, for Allen Robinson, who we know cannot be on his under contract at his current number for 2024, but they released Harvin, who did not have a pending roster bonus upcoming. And so it wasn't right. solely the roster bonus guys. Does that mean there's a desire to try to work something out with Robinson, or does it mean they're just going to make that decision to cut him at a later date?
0: Yeah, that's another good question. Why wouldn't you send him out the door, especially with uh what ten million dollars potentially being involved there? Uh there's no way he's sticking on this roster at ten million dollars. <laughs> we we can agree agree to that and, and yeah. have, have have agreed to that uh already there. So has has there already and, and how low do you have to go uh mm-hmm. to, to uh to warrant keeping him? Uh you would have to think that uh if they can't you know, maybe this just, but maybe it's, maybe it's just a time factor. Maybe they've already had the discussions. Maybe a uh, uh, paragraph five cut has already been made. that hasn't come to light yet. Uh, there's still time to do that. Uh, the question becomes is how, how low does that have to actually be? Because, you know, let, let's face it. This team still, had, still has some cap uh, of issues to work out. Uh, and part of that is involved with, uh, includes uh, Alan Robinson not making ten million dollars in 2024, so uh, that's that's one of those to be continued. I think kind of discussions. I mean, you could very well get to, you know, a couple of days out from from the start of mm-hmm. new league year, uh, him 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 not agreeing to take whatever cut you deem necessary, or maybe they've given him a deadline. You know, say we look, we need to know whether or not you'll take this deal by you know, March, whatever, 4th, 5th, whatever, 7th. And if you if you don't agree to this, then we're going to have to cut you.
1: I agree. What I think this tells me is they at least want to keep negotiating and see if there is a path to keep Robinson. Because if, if Pittsburgh's thought was, we don't want to bring him back for any number, they would have just cut him yesterday and just said, be on your way. We thank you for your year, Allen. And we're going to just move on, get a jump on for agencies like the others. I think it at least signals there's, there's a desire to negotiate and typically those things will not be wrapped up by the day after the Super Bowl where they're going to go back and forth with their agent and there's other things the agent has going on other things the team has to attend to um, and they probably aren't in a position to have this kind of back and forth negotiation which they can do you know throughout the next month and so I think that at least signals there's a a chance he could come back on a severely reduced contract
0: look I I think uh, he's gonna have to take you know less than two million dollars.
1: Sure, sure. And that may take some time to negotiate and work out. Maybe Robinson wants to get a feel for what his market might be, get talk to some people during the combine. I'm talking about his agency, not Robinson himself, and kind of get a feel for where he might stand before he starts kind of deciding exactly what he wants to do for twenty twenty-four.
0: Right. And, and you know, you would think out of common courtesy, you would cut him early along with the others if, if indeed you didn't think he was salvageable. So may, maybe something gets worked out there with him. Yeah.
1: And even if he's cut on March 5th, that still gives you time to talk sure. and, you know, kind of get a, a jump, a uh, head start on things. So. We'll see. Um, but I, I did think that was notable for him to not be included in that list, especially because that list included Harvin, who does not have a pending roster bonus.
0: And look, circling back to Trubisky and a and, and core for maybe the agents of both those guys said, look, you know, uh, it's 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 a day after the Super Bowl. We all know what's going to happen here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we beg you to let us free now, you know.
1: Right. They don't happen to share the same agent. I, I'm trying to.
0: Oh, I, would, I, would have, I would have to look. I don't know for sure.
1: Unlikely. I'm I'm guessing. But uh yeah, I, I think I think everyone knew where those those names were headed, and even Harvin as well. He was not gonna be on the week one roster in 2024, and so make the decision now. And Omar Khan's kind of a he's a swifter moving guy than Kevin Colbert. He moves with a, a higher pace. Colbert was always uh we'll wait till the, the very last second, announce our cuts at four p.m. at the deadline, you know, for your fifty three man roster. I think Khan there's a bit more urgency, which is not good or bad. It is just a, a different style. Uh, looks like
0: Trubisky might be rep by Rep1 Sports. Isn't that uh, Ben Roethlisberger's old uh, agency, Rep one
1: I forget. I just know Ben was represented by, what, Lee Steinberg for the first half of his career. I, I, he was a Ryan Callahan after that. I don't uh, know what the agency was, though.
0: Yeah, Ryan, uh, to, uh, it's on tip of my uh, yeah. tongue. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his his last name right now. And Chiquomo Corfor, trying to find out real quickly. Uh Ryan Tolner
1: was Ben's agent.
0: Tolner, 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 that's it. Uh, but I wasn't he part of rep one sports, I believe.
1: Yeah, I don't know for sure his agency. I, I'm assuming you're right. That feels like information Dave would have rattling around right. in his head for a, a yeah, Tuesday yeah. Podcast.
0: uh Ryan Tolner is a co founder of Rep One Sports. So okay. Uh, that's, that covers him. Now, as far as Chukwomo Corfor, uh, I have to find out who his agency is.
1: What Steeler changed agents over some time in the last year. Was it Dan Moore? Someone changed agents. I think
0: it was Dan Moore, wasn't it?
1: I think so. I'm just, I had a, had a tackle in my head. I couldn't remember if that was a Corfor until I, I talked it out.
0: Uh, I will tell you in just a minute who a core for is represented by Jimmy Sexton, Patrick Collins, and Ben Rinsen of CAA Sports. So it looks like okay. those two are represented by two different rep- you know companies there.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So anyway, um, again, not surprising. They were released. The timing was surprising. Again, the day after the Super Bowl, the first team to really start making some cuts, and we'll see if there are more to follow.
0: Right. Yeah, real quick, uh, Alex, let me interrupt this show to tell you about a promotion uh, with mybookie.ag and with UFC 298 pay-per-view on tap this weekend, it's time to put your money where your mouth is at mybookie. Sign up now for a host of boosted bets and exclusive money bag props that let you grab A-tier fighters at incredible odds. UFC 298 is the perfect opportunity to cash in on all your fight knowledge at Livebookie.ag, bookie.ag and with the featherweight strap on the line and Saturday night's main event, you can stream and bet on it live right from the sports book. Giving your you the advantage until the final bell rings. Cash out and win, or let it ride with my bookie, baby. If you're looking for a little excitement before the fights begin, experience the thrill of my bookie's brand new and improved casino floor, featuring over 500 new games and progressive jackpots waiting to be won. So bet and play absolutely anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie, and that's ahead of UFC 290. 98 in the big fight on Saturday night. And as always, if you're a first time and you sign up at mybookie.ag, make sure to use promo code terrible, uh, as you go through the sign up process as well too. So, uh, with that, we'll move on to this next portion of the show. All
1: right, Dave, with all those moves, the big question became, I know you probably got a million messages. What is the sealer's current cap situation? And there are so many misconceptions and people trying to you know, play ologist when they're probably not equipped to do so across the internet, but you study this thing all year long, you track it, you anticipate it. So give us a cap update.
0: All right. Uh, first and foremost, you know, there's a lot of reports rolling around that the Steelers saved uh, almost $13 million. Well, at its core, if you were to add up Uh, the cap savings and not take into account the rule of 51 uh, that would uh, essentially be correct but uh, in the offseason you work off of a rule of 51 Uh, if a player leaves the uh, rule of 51 he is replaced by the first player uh, essentially 50 the first player outside of rule of 51 and then you would conduct that exercise with however many people leave the rule of 51 there so in this case uh, you would look at it, you would take uh the uh the initial cap savings and then replace those guys by you know number 52, number 53, number 54. And mm-hmm. essentially that gets you to the Steelers uh clearing 10.123, a little more than 10.123 million when working off the rule of 51. So I hate to disappoint everybody that. You know, it 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 uh it's not technically thirteen million dollars that this team is clearing when you talk about top fifty-one uh, uh roster displacement there. So that's an important part of the exercise there. Uh, if you uh, base it off of those three moves and those three moves alone, uh, this now puts the team uh, based on an estimated two thousand and twenty-four cap number of two hundred forty-two point five million. Once again, that's an estimation, we will not know the exact salary cap number, last year was that we got it away early. In fact, I think it was into uh, January when we actually got that number. I don't think that's going to be, or it's, it obviously isn't the case right now. We'll have to find out if we get that number next week, two weeks from now, closer, you know, af- after the combine, something like that. But uh, Joel Corey, uh, 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 you know, guy, CBS Sports, former NFL agent, has been working off of an estimated 242.5 number for some time now. That's the number that I choose to work off of uh, because of of that, and based off of that number, I have the Steelers now effectively sitting their rule of 51 at 7.4, a hair over 7.447 million over the cap uh, as a result of these three moves of Trubisky, uh, Corafor, and Presley Harvin III.
1: Okay, so good update there. And yeah, cap savings has to be understood from a team standpoint. You can't just do you know, where they were, what they were scheduled to to count against the cap, minus how much you're saving by them cutting against the cap. There has to be that displacement as well, which has, it can add up though. You cut three players, you know, that, that adds up, you know, it's a good chunk of change.
0: Right. And look, I mean, they, you know, once again, this is why at least with, with, with two of them in Mitch Trubisky and a core four, you knew they were going to be out the door uh, mm-hmm. because of all the work that this team has to do. Uh, to get cap compliant. Now, people are going to say, man, 7.447 million over the cap. There's still a lot of work to be done. Well, uh, it seems like a daunting number, but we already just talked about Allen Robinson and something, you know, something going to be done uh, there. If you cut him out, right, there's $10 million minus the, whatever the roster displacement would uh, be on that Uh, that in and of itself By cutting him should get you cap compliant, quite honestly, uh, uh, based on a 242.5 million dollar cap number, as we've already talked about. Several times since the season ending, something more than likely is going to be done with Cameron Hayward's contract. Cam has said that he's not going to, not interested in a pay cut. Uh, I believe him. Uh, I think you could see something along the lines of a two-year extension, something that probably ends up lowering his cap number by, I don't know, $9.5 million or so. Uh, at some point during the offseason, uh, more than likely going to see an Alex Highsmith uh, restructure that that would clear you another 7.2 million. You obviously have other guys on this roster that probably are not going to see the final uh, 53 man roster. You could have discussions about what uh, Demonte Casey, uh, Keanu Neal are two guys that, that, that you could entertain discussions on uh, for starters there. So there's ways for this team, obviously, to, 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 to trim more cap space. I would think my, my estimation is that at least come the start of free agency, uh, the new league year in March, this team's probably going to be, want to be somewhere around, I don't know, 12 to $15 million under the cap, uh, uh, to, 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 to work with for the bulk of the off season. And, you know, by, by cutting Allen Robinson. And if you were to get another, uh, let's say nine and a half million dollars out of Cam Hayward's contract by some sort of extension or whatever, I mean, cutting Robinson out right and, 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 and and saving, you know, nine and a half million dollars on the cam Hayward, whatever they do there. I mean, that, that, that puts you almost at that number uh, at, at that point. Now, Will they have to do the high Smith restructure before uh free agency comes about? We'll have to see. You would have to think that there might be another one or two guys on this roster that, that, that might be gone before the start of the new league year.
1: Sure. So all of that is to say cap wise by the start of free agency, they should have enough room to, to do what they want to do in free agency.
0: I, I would agree. And this, you know, this next month's going to be real fluid. It might come sooner than later, as as, as we've already seen in this. But this team's not going to have any problem get a getting cap compliant, uh, and b getting themselves in a position where they're twelve to fifteen million under, so they they ha- they can carry out whatever plan that they have in free agency.
1: Yeah, so I think there's a where that Pittsburgh's in a really bad situation cap wise, and they don't have an abundance of money they can create and have in free agency. But with the way that you can structure first year con- first year salaries in a contract, I mean, right. they can sign you know the Isaac Sayamalus and the James Daniels in terms of the the contractual value twenty you know, something million dollar contract. They can make that work where they're projected to to be at correct.
0: Right, because you also have uh, the top fifty 51- one displacement that carries on along with that too so you know you get a guy that his first year cap hits six million dollars you know you're going to have displacement involved with that 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 causes you to eat up a little less uh 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 roster space now I, i i will tell you this and people once again people hate to hear this kind of uh thing i i mean i i i know they do but the steelers you know they like to have this hierarchy as far as a, you know average per year goes, and and they don't like to step on a lot of toes uh, when it comes to that. So what do I mean by that? All right, if you look at the guys under contract for 2000, and, I didn't know we're going down this rabbit hole, but here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, uh, when you look at uh, uh players under contract right now and their their APY average per year, uh. uh TJ Watt obviously leads the list at a little over 28 million. Now, this is average per year. These are not cap numbers, all right? So don't confuse the two. We're talking about a uh, hierarchy of average per year. Uh, TJ Watt, a little over 28 million. Deontay Johnson, a little over 18.3 million. Mika Fitzpatrick, 18.247 million. Alex Highsmith and his new deal from last offseason, 17 million. And then Cameron Hayward at 16.4 million. Uh, you no longer have to work. About Chaquamau Korafor, who's next on the list at 9.75 million. And then the next one beyond him is Larry Ogan Joby at 9.58 million. Uh, there. Where am I going with all this? Long story short, do not look for these Steelers to sign a player in free agency this offseason, probably with an APY greater than 17 of, of at least 17 million and and depending on how things shake out with with Cam Hayward at that 16.4 that might be the that might be the ceiling as well too it would be very surprising the way this team has operated in the past to see an outsider come in from free agency with an APY this year greater than 17 million It's just not how they work. It would be, I'm not saying it couldn't work that way. I'm just saying it's not how, how, how it, how it generally works. And it would be a change in philosophy with, 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 with Omar Khan. Now look there, you could get some very nice players. Even if you went up to 16.9 APY, you know, you, you, you can go shopping for for a few players out there, and 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 get that done. Realistically, I would look for some of the big expenditures to be eight to
1: ten. Is what I'm yeah, thinking.
0: maybe twelve million, depending on who the player is and 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 the position that you're you're having to 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 to, to feel. uh, In other words, if you're in a market for a high price corner, don't one of the top one or two look mm-hmm. we don't think uh 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 who who's who's the big name that'sluxgarious uh, sneed uh who's the other one that's likely to get tagged well Jalen uh, Johnson in Chicago right right I would not look for a Jalen Johnson uh and uh, you know I think most people think he's gonna get tagged anyway uh and then lader uhluxgarious uh, 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 sneed, yeah, yeah, sneed, yeah. sneed uh if he's allowed to hit free agency. It's, it's hard to imagine the Steelers being, being in the running for that. Uh, I think, you know, what position do you think, you know, this, this team's likely to address the tackle position
1: in for agency, it, it, if,
0: if they do ad- ad- address a position.
1: Yeah. I think again, especially if their intent would be to move Broderick Jones to the left tackle, then you have a big hole at the right tackle. It is a strong draft class, an offensive tackle, It just, it really depends on who's available, you know, less so than the position you could, you know, if if it's a strong group in for agency and not a strong group in the draft, that kind of helps set your course of where you're going to target. But yeah, I think I I would say even defensive line, they got to improve the depth there and finding that guy. It's so hard to find that guy in the draft and to get that guy ready to Mm -hmm. play year one. So I think D line tackle potentially, but those guys can be expensive. Um, You know, something, a corner, a nickel, slot or outside or so, something like that is kind of where I'm headed right now.
0: All right. And you would think that a player probably be 30 years or under, right?
1: Yeah, I know they've kind of been more flexible on that in recent years, but you would ideally want somebody, you know, off their first contract.
0: All right. You you can't talk about tackle right now without the possibility. And he, he might end up being, you know, a sought after guy here. Jonah Williams, obviously with the Bengals, you know, uh, he's coming off of a deal. I think his APY is what uh, $4.4 million. Uh, what's the market going to be like for him? What's the competition going to be, of, of for like him? Uh, you know, that's a guy that you could probably compete for in free agency,
1: you know? Sure. I hadn't done much study on, on potential for Asian names. The issue with Jonah Williams was he wanted to be a left tackle. He got moved there because they signed Orlando Brown jr. And maybe he got used to right tackle, but I, I, he probably wants to play left tackle. So he gets paid like a left tackle because still there's a a discrepancy in free agency money for left and right tackles. And I think his personal preference, his background is a left tackle. So um, if Pittsburgh wanted to keep Jones at right tackle, then it opens the door. If they're going to move Jones over then Williams, I think becomes a harder guy to get.
0: Uh, I think, uh, you know, my, my takeaway without going down this rabbit hole way too, too, too early in the off season there is uh, they could, they could potentially address a tackle uh, in free agency if they want to, and not be in that $12 million range, if that makes sense. You know, I, Mm -hmm. uh, I think they could go down that, that hole, that, that. Avenue. Uh, I think uh, uh, potentially the same with defensive linemen as well, too. Long story short, and really, the the point that I wanted to make here is, you know, I I would not look for this team to sign that 16, 17 million dollar per free agent.
1: Sure. Which I think regardless, they weren't planning on doing. Um, But last year, their top APY was say, Malu, correct? That I Think he was eight eight million per year. The year before that was James Daniels at around, I think, a similar number. So yeah,
0: Sayamalo ended up being what eight million dollars APY last year, mm-hmm. I think, on, on his current deal.
1: And Daniels, did he get the 10 with some additional money, or was it more in that seven to or more like uh, What eight did, like to eight nine
0: nine point something? Or yeah, let's see here. That sounds
1: about right. So uh
0: his APY is eight. 8.833333333333333. Uh uh forever there. So uh uh and look, you know, obviously if, uh, inflation, cap inflation and 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 all has gone up. So once again, their big expenditure, whatever that might be uh this year, is more than likely going to be like I, I think you hit it right when you first threw out the first guess, probably somewhere between 10 and 12 million.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I, we'll talk about it more. I know we have time, but right. a tackle, I think they, they're they not, I, I don't think they're going to sign a big contract, even that $10 million type of tackle. I think they're going to look for more mid level guy, veteran, versatile, and look towards the draft to be that potential uh, option to start because you've got a bunch of tackles that, that are pretty good in this class.
0: I mean, you could go out and get you maybe the. I don't. Know, I haven't even looked at the fullback list. You probably <laughs> you'd probably go out and get you <laughs> the the highest paid fullback <laughs> uh, and be able to afford that quite easily. I'm not saying they will.
1: Uh, uh, Keith but, Smith but, was in Atlanta. He's a free agent. He's 31, but he could come over, follow Arthur Smith.
0: Yeah, uh, that that that's obviously a possibility. Uh, and and uh, you know, uh, safety. Will this team do anything at a strong safety position? You know, that's another position. I guess that you could. Uh, feasibly, you know, depending on who's out there in the market price. Uh, mm. uh, you mentioned uh,
1: Edmonds a while back.
0: Yeah, but that would be next to nothing, I would hope. Uh, there mm-hmm. would be some, I mean, t- to me, that's a veteran benefit contract waiting to happen there. I- I'm talking about guys that you would spend any mm. type of, 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 of noticeable, you know, APY on. Okay. You know.
1: Yeah, I got you. Again, I haven't checked the list on who's available, but yeah, safety, strong safety would make a lot of sense.
0: Uh, long story short again is that, that that don't expect this team to be super active especially when it comes to the uh the, the 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 higher dollar guys.
1: But in a one word summary, you would or one sentence summary, you would say their cap situation is is adequate.
0: Oh yeah, they're they're they're, they're fine. They're, they, they should have no issue not only getting cap compliant but uh it will be interesting to see what the official number is, start the st- start of free agency. And look, don't even take me down the road of what they have to pay for after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh because there's obviously, I mean, you got another 18, 20 million dollars out there that you gotta account for at some point uh uh long after the draft comes and goes to uh you know 52nd, 53rd player, uh practice squad. Uh what else is there? Six million dollars in uh available cap space to start the season with, maybe another two million winds up on IR to start the season. Uh obviously you have the draft pool offset of you know, 3.5 to 3.9 million that you have to account for. But th- those are all down the road. I, as I always like to say, you have to divide this thing up as lines in the sand based on the calendar here. And mm-hmm. first and foremost, you need to get to the start of the new league year uh, and uh, uh, a budget to work with, uh, with with what you want to spend in free agency first and foremost. And they're, they're not going to have a problem getting to that point. And it might be as simple as just, Cutting Allen Robinson and extending Cameron Hayward and working down his uh, cap number by nine and a half million and then putting off, you know, an Alex Highsmith restructure Mm -hmm. until later on in the offseason.
1: Yeah, I think that's honestly my amateur view of it the way to create cap space for for agency are those two moves and maybe one more release of a Neil, a Casey, somebody like that, and then help give you the relief that you need for all the things after the fact is where the high space structure comes in. And that probably alone won't create all the space that you need, but other roster moving and other veterans that get cut in camp will will create that for you as well.
0: Right. Because whatever your role of 51 is come the first day of the start of the new league year, not all those guys are going to be on a 53 man roster.
1: Right. There will be veterans that get cut camp that don't make your 53 that create cap space for you right there. Right. All right, David, I feel like today's uh, an infomercial podcast because, but wait, there's more. I mean, I feel like there's just a ton of information here, and, and I had forgotten about this until it was reported late last night. Not We, we knew this was coming, but the – Don't finally- forget to tell
0: about Eddie Faulkner either. There, yeah, yeah that, that's that's the bonus. Oh, I've given bo- I've given the bonus away next 10
1: minutes. If you order while uh, yeah. supplies last, we'll get you your Eddie Faulkner information. One more uh, player related uh, piece of news, though, hard news. Jeremiah Moon, that waiver process has officially been processed. The waiver claim, I should say, has been processed. That uh, happened back in January, could not take place and be made official until the day after the Super Bowl. So Monday, and that has officially gone through. So Jeremiah Moon now officially, Pittsburgh Steeler claimed off of waivers from the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Yeah, look, and as we talked about at the time. Uh... Overall, this is a very shrewd move. I don't know if he's going to work out or if he's going to stick or, or, or what have you. we got plenty of time to figure that out. You've already done a nice film room on him uh, to get a good uh, uh, idea of what, what he brings to the table. Uh, to me, he views more as an edge prospect than, than, than anything else. But he does have the flexibility uh, in, in, in the limited time that he played for Baltimore to uh, – play off the ball if you want to get creative or something like that. But I think overall they probably do look at him as an edge. I think he has a uh, uh, special teams experience uh, as well too. So that might be a factor and you don't know what's going to happen with Marcus golden uh, this off season. It gives you another off season body to, 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 to throw in that room. And the, the, the interesting aspect about this is, is you're, you are claiming a guy technically is not under contract for 2024. However, comma, he is set to be an exclusive rights free agent. And that should mean that you just offer him a one year tender at what would I say? 910,000, I think. And he obviously has to accept that as an exclusive rights free agent. So you're by claiming him, even though he's not under contract, you're guaranteed to have him this summer. And, who knows? I mean, this this might end up being a guy that uh, offers you some depth in in uh, at the outside linebacker position, a guy that maybe can fit in on a couple of special teams units. And once again, you don't know what's going to happen when Marcus Golden at this point, he might work out. He might not. Uh, he may work out. He might not work out. But you essentially stole him for, from the Ravens uh, via this pros, uh, process. And that makes for a very shrewd move.
1: Sure, there's really no risk involved. He's got some tools. He's big. He's long. Uh, I think there's some traits that can be developed. He is pretty raw right now, but he has done well on special teams. He can run a bit and he can hit. Um, I think he's got to develop as a pass rusher and even work on his run defense. Play with better pad level. Uh, use his hands better. Is really underdeveloped there, but there are some traits to work with for you know a second year guy. He was, I mean, he had you know good tape out of Florida, excuse me, but. He had a bunch of injuries, and so that that's what caused him to fall out of the uh, 2022 NFL draft. Got some burn in Baltimore in 2023. Had a couple of good performances against Pittsburgh. And so, yeah, uh, good move. They'll tender him. Hope he'll come back. he'll be part of camp. Right. And time will tell whether or not he sticks. Eddie Faulkner, as you mentioned, if there wasn't enough news that came out on Monday, according to Aaron Wilson, running backs coach Eddie Faulkner assigned an extension with the team, no Information on the number of years, but I'm going to assume it's a two year extension because typically in Pittsburgh, positional coaches sign two year deals. And when Faulkner signed an extension back in 2021, that was a two-year deal extension happening now because his contract was expiring. And so that's just an assumption, but I think a pretty safe one to make. But regardless, Eddie Faulkner, who was the interim OC post-Mac Canada firing last year, now back as running backs coach through the next uh, at least a couple seasons.
0: Yeah, look, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think most listening to the show find any anything wrong with that.
1: No, I'm happy. I was a little worried he might leave somewhere because kind of getting... Passed over for the OC job, no consideration for that. Would that upset him a bit? Um, I know Jordan Schultz had a a line that he's getting. He may get some OC looks in the future, not this year. Uh, All those positions are filled, but uh, I'm happy he's back. He's a good coach. He's developed guys well. Um, I think they enjoy playing for him. So good move there.
0: Right. I agree.
1: All right, here is the portion of the show where we talk about Justin Field. So buckle <laughs> up for the first, no, I shouldn't say the first time, nor the last time we'll talk about that. Um, been some more conversation, really. It's kind of heated up in the media circle. Uh, I think you have to understand the difference between the, heat, the the talks heating up from the media side of things and the football side of things. We have no actual reporting about really interest there, but Adam Schefter on Monday made a special note of Mike Tomlin loving Justin Fields and his name has now been connected to Pittsburgh even more than it already had been. So we'll talk about it again and again and again, Dave, but um, it's kind of the story right now.
0: Yeah. And this goes to the forefront right after the Super Bowl. you have the Steelers involved, you have a potential quarterback involved, you have uh, Adam Schefter being the one to put whatever you want to call he what he put out there, out there, and that's going to create noise. It effectively did. It's all the talk right now, or at least today, it seems to be uh, on on Twitter slash X. And I imagine several talk radio shows as well, too. But overall, nothing has changed here other than really the Steelers quarterback room getting getting one fewer, uh, 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 if you will, here. Uh, The fact remains, the most important part uh, uh, of of the conversation that a lot of people don't know or choose not to acknowledge whatever side of this thing that you're on. Half of you, at least there's the, the group's probably divided up into three, uh, uh, three groups here. A third that absolutely believes that the Steelers should go after Justin Fields. Another group that believes the Steelers absolutely should not go after Justin Fields. And then the third group is basically well, I'll just sit back and see what happens here, and see what the details are associated with it, and then uh, armchair quarterback it uh, after the fact. Here's the important part that I can't stress enough here, uh, and it's the fact that any team uh, that 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 and you know obviously pro football focus put out there made sure that ha- have out front and center that they think uh, what they say a second round and a. a a fifth round, a second Mm -hmm. round this year and a fifth round next year, uh, seems like a reasonable, uh, ask, uh, trade, you know, compensation, uh, uh, part for, 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 for any team that looks to inquire Justin Fields, let's assume that that that's right on the money. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, any team that's going to invest a second round pick plus whatever else, let's say the fifth round pick is, is correct there. Uh, is, is more than likely going to turn around after acquiring justin fields and pick up his fifth year option it would be quite surprising if there didn't is, is there any rules that says they absolutely have to pick up the fifth year option no but you put yourself in a gamble in that situation where okay we gave up a second round pick uh are we fine with him being our starter in 2024 him crapping out. Not, not, not being what we signed, what we thought we were going to get here. And then in so many words, just sending him on the way and we're out a second round pick. All right. So that, that's Mm -hmm. the, that's the first thing that you would have to be comfortable with. Uh, The second thing would be is if you, uh, if you did pick up the fifth year option on him, which I would be quite surprised anybody that traded for him uh, and gave up a second round pick, I'd be quite surprised if they did pick up the fifth year option. Then you're talking about, you know, that's a fully guaranteed amount of, you know, neighborhood of twenty two million dollars that you would be on the hook up for for 2025. So if indeed you did go down that path and you did trade for Justin Fields and you did pick up his fifth year option, you would you would essentially be marrying yourself to him. For the two thousand twenty-four and two thousand twenty-five seasons. And oh yeah, if you were talking about Pittsburgh here, there is no competition at that point. There is no mm-hmm. Kenny, Kenny Pickett competition or, or or whatever. Justin Fields would be your starting quarterback uh at that time. So uh that's an important part of the conversation. Uh draft compensation and the fifth year option talk are two things that really need to be highly scrutinized when you're talking about not only the Steelers, but any team dealing for Justin Fields, because remember a couple of years ago, the, uh, the, the, the the Jets traded Sam Darnold away for three picks. I think a couple of them were in the following year. What, what, what have you. And the Panthers uh, turned right around and picked up his fifth year option. We all know how that turned out. I'm not (laughs) saying, I'm not saying the two are, you know that that's exactly how things are going. Just noting that that's how the process went, and you would imagine that, especially if you got a second round pick involved, that 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 would be the end result with a team like the Steelers to give up a second round pick to turn around and pick up the fifth year option on them. If you're fine with all that, and here's 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 where it gets to depends on what side of the fence that you're on here. If you if you in your heart of hearts and the Steelers in their their heart of hearts believe that Justin Fields can be the be a top-10 quarterback, that they can immediately turn him around starting in 2024 and get top-10 quarterback play out of him. Does it really matter what you give up for him and the fifth-year option uh, attached to him? If you truly believe, if you're listening to this and you think, "Man, Justin Fields is just what this Steelers team needs to put him over the hump," and if the Steelers feel the same way, uh, there, does it essentially matter about what you give up for him and what the fifth-year option amount is?
1: Short answer: No, it does not.
0: Right, right. If you're okay. if if you are convinced that that guy can turn your franchise around and be a top ten quarterback. Then giving up a a second round pick and a fifth round pick and then turning around and picking up the fifth year option, uh, all that seems like nothing if you firmly believe that that guy can be the guy.
1: And you might as well trade away Kenny Pickett at that point because you're done with him. He's done with you. You move on. That's me personally how I would handle that situation.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe you throw it in on the deal. I don't know, but he, yeah. he would not be a happy camper at that point. Yeah. And once again, there would be no competition. That's your guy. There would be really no reason to entertain the thought of bringing back Mason Rudolph, uh, at at, 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 a big number, you just go out there and you, uh, you try and assuming that, that, that Kenny goes out the door, hopefully you'd be able to get Kenny to hang around one more year. Uh, but, uh, if, if you didn't, you would just, have a bunch of guys in there at cheap cheap or near cheap salaries to 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 be the backup to to Justin Fields
1: yeah you need to get a veteran in there and, and to be clear I'm not I'm not saying to trade Pickett. I'm saying if you're if you're of the mind of let's go get Fields I think at that point just it's not it's not good for the environment to the locker room environment to have that picket in there the former first round pick I think you move on you go find a veteran guy if you are convinced that Fields is your guy
0: Right. So, if you're listening to this show and you are 100% on board uh, for for this to happen, have at it. Uh, I would suggest getting a sign, standing outside front of the South Side, and picketing, and 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 all like that. Conversely, if you're on the other side of this, I would be on the other side of the
1: <laughs> get a sign, a separate sign. <laughs> uh,
0: right, uh, and stand on the other side of the block. Yeah. It, it 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 all comes down to in your heart of hearts and really the Steelers at its core, because nobody cares what you and I think, nobody cares what the fan base thinks when it comes to the organization. If the organization feels that that's the guy that can, that that's the missing piece that could be the franchise quarterback for not only the next two years, but, but beyond, but specifically the next two years, then you go out and make the deal, especially if it's for a second and the fifth. I mean, you, you make the deal.
1: Yeah. If you, if you're that convinced of him and his ability and what he can do for your franchise, what I think, gets missed overall i'm speaking just kind of largely of the twitter discussions and the media discussions is does pittsburgh have a desire to go make a big trade for justin fields all their indications are they do not from what art rooney said about unlikely they're going to make a blockbuster trade to mike tomlin having confidence in kenny pickett and then also wanting competition for kenny pickett and as you so well stated if they trade for fields there is no competition fields is your starter you know case closed And when Tomlin was asked, do you think the quarterback, the starter for 2024 is on your roster right now? Tomlin said, yes, I do. There's been no indication they have a desire and appetite to go make a big blockbuster splash trade for a quarterback right now.
0: And that's mostly what we have addressed up until now, the plausibility factor and the educated plausibility uh, factor related to this. As far as I can tell by reading the tea leaves so far. Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney II are still on board with Kenny Pickett, uh, thinking they can they can salvage him. Uh, on top of that, uh, you have to at least on the surface take Art Rooney for his word with what he said. We don't. What was the exact quote about blockbuster uh, trade for a quarterback that he uh, told Stock uh, Andrew Stock, Stocky? I'll
1: pull it up here. Um, it was essentially you know unlikely to occur, but I'll, I'll get the exact quote here for you in a second.
0: All right. So essentially, if you if you take the at least the reading of the tea leaves and yes, we know people lie and people are going to say, well, things change. Absolutely, they do. But taking everything that's out there to this point in consideration, uh, that's the way it feels the organization is going to go, uh, albeit with the addition of or re addition of Tannehill or re addition of Mason Rudolph or something along those lines. Uh, So if you want to talk about the plausibility factor here, that's where Alex and I, I think, both come in on the aspect of not
1: thinking that this is going to happen. It's a lot of bark. I don't think there's much bite there in that conversation. Rooney's comment uh, about the quarterback situation and potentially trading for one was, quote, I don't want to create a lot of speculation out there that we're going out looking to make some big blockbuster trade at the quarterback spot. I put it in the unlikely category and quote, well, speculations out there, unfortunately, I mean, it's going to be out there that will be out there until Justin Fields has a new home. And we assume the Chicago will trade him. We assume they will draft Caleb Williams, number one. And so until those things are settled and finalized, this discussion uh, will continue, but Um, To me, this this is a much more of a media story than it is a likely to happen in Pittsburgh story. Could it happen? Who knows? I don't want to rule it out. I don't want to sit there and say there's no chance of it, but I'm not seeing really any indication that that's the direction this team is going to go.
0: As I sit here in mid-February, nothing that I see so far outside of just mere speculation uh, leads me to believe that they will go down that path.
1: Right and that's for all the things that Rooney and Tomlin have said over the last month. Mike Nothing Tomlin is-
0: Mike Tomlin had to get that uh uh football justice tattoo covered up probably. <laughs> uh if he went down that road I'm joking obviously here but and I guess the other part of the conversation people throw at is why are all these odds uh, why why to push in the odds I I'll I'll tell you this the Super Bowl just happened There's probably not a lot of gambling going on right (laughs) now. When you get something that causes a stir, like what uh, Adam Schefter said, uh, it's a prime opportunity for all of these uh, uh, betting houses to put their odds out there to make it look like there's some easy money to be gained. And I'll just leave it at that. That's why I think you see everybody and their brother on Twitter slash X making sure they put their odds out there of how the odds have lowered on on Justin mm-hmm. Fields and make it look like this is – like the consensus is that this is going to happen now.
1: And you tell me because you know this stuff better than I do. Aren't odds partially just influenced by where the money is going sure. from where – so you, you hear Schefter she- say this, and people start putting money on Pittsburgh, and that just naturally increases the odds from the, from the Vegas standpoint towards Pittsburgh.
0: Right. They want to keep it balanced on both sides as best as they can. You know, yeah. uh, uh, and on top of that, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some manufacturing going on there sure. to, to, to encourage betting you <laughs> know, uh, yeah. uh, because of the news and all like that. But uh, long story short on this particular topic, I'm not reading too much into the odds moving on Justin Fields uh, uh, with the Steelers being the leader in the clubhouse to be his next team.
1: Yeah, if if Pittsburgh made every move based off of what the odds maker had Pittsburgh predicted to be the favorite to do, we look we'd be looking at a much different roster right now. I mean, there have been just countless instances of Pittsburgh being the odds on favorite or a top favorite for player X or to make move Y, and they rarely, if ever, happen. So take it with one big grain of salt.
0: So so look would it would it be would it be quite interesting to see them do that and see if if. You know, if they got behind it, if indeed Justin Fields could be that guy, especially based on what we have seen so far out of Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph and to a lesser extent, uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, in addition to what we already have seen out of Justin Fields to this point. I mean, it would it would make for an exciting <laughs> uh, 2020, 2024 season. I, I will say that. And once again, if if the if, if the team decides that they that they think they can fix and 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 turn Justin Fields around they firmly firmly believe and why wouldn't you you know you're not going to make the deal if you believe otherwise right uh right. if you if they firmly believe that that he's that he can be that guy then why wouldn't you give up a second and a fifth
1: sure but i think their standpoint is to give Kenny Pickett one last opportunity. They want some competition. They want him to be pushed, but they don't want him to, they don't want to close that chapter entirely right now. And and trading for fields would do that.
0: Right. So look, could it, could it, it, the feasibility point, uh, uh, factor of it, could it get done? Especially if if it winds up being, and look what, you know, talking about trade compensation and value and all like that. I mean, that, that that's an endless discussion. Uh, uh, could it happen the way it's laid out there? And and uh, could they financially make it work, especially as low as his, his salary is in 2024? And could they feasibly turn around and pick up the fifth year option and work around that next year? The answer to all those questions is yes. All right. But but then there becomes the plausibility aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I know we're talking about it again and again here, Dave, and again and, so, and again and again. Right. Um, we'll kind of table it from there because this will be an ongoing discussion. But none of the I wouldn't even call it news. None of the speculation or media chatter the last 24 hours has changed my opinion on the likelihood of Justin Fields becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler. I think the odds are still very low. Same. All right. So we'll I'll see you again when you come back for the next <laughs> podcast on Monday. I'm sure with the next round of Justin Fields talk. Uh just a couple other odds and ends things here. Joe Haig, former Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lineman, Joe Haig retired on Monday. We wish him well in his uh future endeavors and moving on with life's work. He played with Pittsburgh in the twenty 20- one season, yeah, twenty twenty-one season, uh for the Steelers. Um, handful of games there. And for Wednesday on the site, I have a post about Zach Gazani. I I you know, when they hired their coaches, I kind of Started with studying Tom Arthur, the new quarterback's coach. You get a background on, on him. Kind of circled back to Zach Azani. I know Josh Carney wrote a really good piece about you know his background and kind of his style. Kind of dove into it myself. But I, I think he's really what Pittsburgh needs. He is a butt kicker of a coach. Like He's he's a no-nonsense, tough love, no BS, not going to tolerate all this crap kind of guy. And that's what Pittsburgh needs right now. I think he's a guy that, that cares and, and players have come to, to love him and respect him. Uh, but he's not going to tolerate guys. Rounding their routes off or showing half effort or kind of not playing to the standard they have to play. And that's probably what Pittsburgh needs right now.
0: Yeah. What did I say? That quote from uh, Virgil was standard something. I forget what the exact
1: standard over feelings, I believe. Right,
0: right. Uh, and, and and that's kind of my initial uh, look at, at him and reading some of these quotes from uh, players that have played for him. Uh, I don't think he's afraid to step on any toes, so to speak. Uh, uh, he'll be your friend, but he still ex- expects you to get the job done And and, and the standard. The job comes first.
1: Yeah, there's going to be some guys who get pissed at Zach Azani in camp and good. Mm-hmm. They probably need some of that and they'll work through it and it'll be fine. But um, I, I certainly learning more about his background, uh, I can certainly see why he was the guy Pittsburgh wanted to tap as their next receivers coach.
0: All right. I look forward to reading that. When's that come out tomorrow? Uh,
1: Wednesday. We're recording this Tuesday night. But yeah, Wednesday okay. morning, uh, you guys, there'll be, it's even a little video cut up of kind of some of the interesting quotes I've been able to, to pull from him. So anything else here, Dave, for us to talk about today?
0: All right. No, I I think that's about got it, Alex. Full show today.
1: All right. Yeah, pretty busy. If we have time for maybe one or two emails, we can get to those uh, before we close out today's show.
0: All right, we'll fly through them here quite, kind of quick here. I'll start with uh, Rick Smith says, Hey, David, and Alex was wondering how plausible it is to trade Deontay Johnson to the Bears for Justin Fields. Do you think a draft pick would be involved also? And what round pick do you think we can get for Pickett? Uh, thanks from uh, Rick in Delaware. First and foremost, uh, Rick, man, I, I see Deontay Johnson's name being bantered around on, on Twitter slash X and... I mean, I I would be you know I would be absolutely floored if they dealt him. Uh, uh, so, how plausible is it to trade Deontay Johnson to the Bears for Justin Fields? I mean, I I mean, I I suppose you know nothing's impossible or impossible, as I like to say. But I, I will be absolutely shocked if, if, because if you trade Deontay Johnson, you make that room that much more lighter. You have to address the position most definitely in the draft. You don't know what you got, got there. I, I would be floored if Deontay Johnson is dealt.
1: A, I think the Bears are done taking Pittsburgh receivers. I think they went down that road once before, and they didn't have a good time doing it. So I think they're they're closing the door on that. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Listen, Deontay's going to be a Steeler in twenty twenty four. Beyond that, I don't know what's going to happen with Deontay. Will he get extended? Will he become a free agent? We'll see. But he's going to be a Steeler in twenty twenty four. You don't you don't trade for fields, trade draft picks, and uh, trade a receiver for him, and then you're left with not a lot of weapons, lacking draft capital to to go get that guy. I mean, look look what happened with Bryce Young in Carolina. I mean, they trade DJ Moore as part of that deal to get Young, and he just got nobody to throw to, and it just has a, a miserable season with the Panthers. So, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Um, if they trade for Fields, you know you're trading you're trading draft picks for that guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, Kenny Pickett?
1: <laughs> I I have no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, I couldn't tell you. Fourth round pick. It, it would depend on who's still high on him, who was interested in him. Would he go to Denver? I think Sean Payton. Didn't, you, didn't Sean Payton have some or talked about him at some point, I think in this process, either as an analyst, I forget the whole where he was at that time, Uh, but it really would, he would be a mid round pick maybe.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'd have to look back at who, who all was at the, the pro days and all like that there. Uh Let's see. Lane writes in. Hey guys, thank you for everything you guys do on the show. If you guys could hand pick the Steelers quarterback room for 2024 out of all realistic trade candidates, free agents, rookies out of the draft or quarterbacks that are already on the team, who would y'all take? I know it's still early and y'all may not have have a great answer, but I just wanted to know what you guys would think and not necessarily what you would predict. Oh, man. I mean, hey, I mean, you don't you know, you've got all this talk about uh, Kirk Cousins and the likelihood of him not getting out of Minnesota and. Uh, Baker, not getting out of Tampa Bay. And I mean, there's obviously the Russell Wilson stuff. And you wonder about, you know, what what are you talking about a contract for him? Obviously you couldn't just do a one-year contract with, with Russell Wilson. And it'd be feasible. You would think it'd have to be a multi-year contract and you're probably going to have to marry yourself to a couple of years to him. Then you have all the Justin Fields, uh, uh, uh talk. I mean, I I will just go back to part part of the the things that we said during the, the actual, you know, Justin Fields conversation, part seven. Uh, If you were all in as an organization on Justin Fields and if big if the compensation were a second and fifth round pick. Now this is not me. I'm talking about the organization because personally I, I don't find myself being all in on Justin Fields at, 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 at this point from what I've seen. But as an organization, if you were, then why wouldn't you make that trade? You know, hmm. uh, I guess of of all the, the the all the realistic stuff. And I guess technically we don't we don't view the Fields thing as realistic at this point. Right.
1: Well, I think from our standpoint, he's realistic in terms of he's feasible to get. If he wanted to go right. acquire him, there's nothing really stopping you. I think he's saying don't pick Caleb Williams because there's really no realistic path or Pittsburgh to go get Caleb Williams.
0: Right. So, I mean, it's I mean, there's so many layers to this uh, with it, with him saying realistic trade candidates. I mean, I have to know compensation and you know, as far as free agent goes, who, who's guaranteed to hit free agency?
1: Uh I I think he's just saying just rule out like the top, you know, rule out the top three quarterbacks in this draft, and that's everything else is probably pretty fair game.
0: Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I I would consider the whole Justin Fields discussion.
1: Okay, I mean, is that is that where you would want to go if you were Omar Khan? Would you would you make that deal? Because you don't seem entirely sold.
0: No, I mean, I'm I'm not. Uh, But on the flip side, I'm not sold on Kenny Pickett being able to turn it around either. So uh, if you made me if, if you made me pick right now between a quarterback room of Justin Fields and whoever or Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, I'd probably I'd probably take the Justin Fields route.
1: Yeah, is, but is there any other quarterback you would want more than Fields? Anyone else that would intrigue you more than him?
0: Uh, oh, man, I have I, haven't I mean, you got, really... you got
1: Kirk Cousins, you got Russell Wilson, you go you Well,
0: know. I mean, I I think as a one, you know, as a, look, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins c- could you win with Kirk Cousins? Could you could you win with with Russell Wilson? I I think you could, but, you know, once again, what is what is the fiz- feasibility and the contractual and, you know, if you tell me money is no object, just make it work, then I would I would probably go to Cousins. But I mean, does he necessarily fit what Arthur Smith would true. you know would want to do? I mean, you got a new OC that's part of this equation now as well too. So uh, you'd have to rewind the whole damn thing at this point, you
1: know. Sure, I get that. I mean, I I don't have a great answer. I don't spend much time thinking about my hand-picked ideal scenario. Um, I, I think you got to find your long term option through the draft, and so that obviously realistically won't be Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels. I would have to take a long look at. Bo you know, I, I, and I, you know,
0: I haven't studied those guys enough to have a, you know a, a, a well enough formed opinion past the the, the the top three. You know,
1: same. But I think that's the group I would I would be studying Bo Nix maybe JJ McCarthy but I've watched some Michigan football and I don't really feel like he's the guy and then Michael Penix from Washington and uh, that would be the, I, I'm I don't have a desire to go trade for somebody I don't want to do the veteran stopgap option um you would have a veteran you know Mason Rudolph Tannehill type as a competition or backup fine but not as a you know long term this is our guy that'd be and, my approach to it though
0: And and I'm looking at this entire question as winning now you know
1: Okay, I mean, I just view it as like okay. your ideal scenario to to win short term, long term. Um, but again, for me, it basically would be you know a high high priced rookie, a veteran type, and then a third arm from however you can get that guy.
0: Here, here's the correct answer. You got to do whatever it takes to get better quarterback play out of that room in 2024. <laughs> and yeah, you know, once again, it's way early in this thing. So, I mean, I guess if you know if you want to look at feasibility wise. You know, uh, I, you know, it it would be quite interesting to see Justin Fields be put into that room. Uh, I'm not once again, I'm not advocating for it. I mean, he's asking, you know, I mean, everybody should have their questions about Kenny Pickett right now, and you know, you sort of feel like you know what the ceiling is on Mason Rudolph, and the same with Ryan Tannehill. You know.
1: Yeah, but bottom line is, you know, it's not really up to us. We'll just see what the team does and react from a uh, react from there.
0: Right. Right. So. I don't know if that's a good enough answer. What he was looking for, but you know, that's that 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 that's that's the mid-February uh, answer you get.
1: All right. Uh, anything else we can kind of close out today's show?
0: All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter slash X. Uh, at Steeders Depot, follow Alex at Alex underscore, Kazora. follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like, we do what we do and want to donate to the cause, Steeders Depot.com hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, Steeders Depot.com hit the ad free uh, button and follow the directions that way, $25 from for one year from the time you sign up, uh, get you an ad free version of the site. Uh, Alex and the gang will be back on Friday with another show for you. And i uh, uh, into next week as well, too. So interested to see what they have lined up. Uh, but I'll be out of here, uh, MIA, for probably a couple of weeks. Um, maybe not that fully that long, but uh, at least a week and a half there. So uh, Alex and then we'll have you covered. As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.